We'll get to episode 171 in just a moment, but first I wanted to ask for your support of the Keystone Chapter of the National Federation of the Blind of Pennsylvania. Go to supportkeystonechapter.org. Scroll down, you'll see a text field there. It has a default of $50. Now, you don't have to give $50 to make a difference. Put in any amount. Let's say you find $5 in the revolving door at Junior's in Times Square. Put it in. That is a true story, by the way. Again, supportkeystonechapter.org. We really do appreciate your support. Thank you so much. From Studio B in Swarthmore, this is the I Can't See You podcast with David. It's like blind people for dummies. Hello there, and welcome to episode 171 of the I Can't See You podcast. My name is David, at David Benge on all the socials. I really do appreciate you joining me for this episode, and I've got a couple of things to talk about, but before we really get into it, I wanted to pass this tip along. Frank, who is in our Fantasy Football League and our Fantasy Hockey League, discovered this last week because he's a big fan of Audible, and he called in with this tip, and I think it's a great tip. Hey, David, it's Frank. I just learned something cool, period. I'm a big fan of Audible, and I had seen that you can listen to podcasts in there, so I checked to see if I could pull up I Can't See You, I-C-A-N-T-C-U podcast, and to my surprise, it showed up. I then had the ability to follow the podcast which is fine, but the cool thing that even the Apple Podcast app doesn't do is it let lets me add it to a collection so I can group blind podcasts or books and keep them organized. Hopefully this helps some of your listeners. Thanks for calling in, Frank. I do appreciate it. And what a great tip. And it's something, as we talked about via text afterwards, that I always try to group some things together, but you really can't. I use Apple Podcasts when I listen. You can't put, for example, I would love to run, there's a couple of short podcasts that I listen to, and I'd love to just run the table, and I can do it on the A-Lady when I'm in the kitchen, but... Otherwise, you have to put it in a playlist on Apple Podcast, or maybe I'm doing something wrong. But what Frank is talking about, let's say he wants to listen to this podcast and that Real Blind Tech show and just group them all together so we can go in and look, that would be great to me. And same thing, I would love to do that. Maybe I'll have to try it because I love to listen to uh, affiliate marketing and digital marketing podcast. And I also like to listen to the blind podcast. And during football season, I listen to sports podcasts. And then of course, there's a couple of Spanish ones that I listen to not in Spanish about Spain itself, not the language. (laughs) Just to be clear, no habla on this end. So uh, thank you, Frank. And I also wanted to, as I was listening to Frank's voicemail a couple days ago, I was thinking, you know, I haven't mentioned in a long time that the podcast is available on Google devices and on Amazon Echo and Alexa devices. And here's all you need to do. For Google, you just say, talk to I Can't See You, and boom, it'll play the latest episode. On uh, Amazon devices, you just say, play I Can't See You. And there you go. And you're good to go. And we set that up around two years ago after PodFest. I met Chip Edwards down at PodFest, and he has a company called Create My Voice. And he set it up, 
and uh, and I love it. And it's funny because I think of meeting with him that day when I first met him, and then subsequently throughout the expo uh, or conference or whatever you want to call it. And I have a mug that after we signed up to uh, have Create My Voice do the work for us, I, he sent me a mug, and it's got the logo on it. And I love the mug, A, because I love the handle, and B, uh, because it's both light and dark. The inside of the mug is dark, which would be trouble if I were pouring water in, which I don't, and I'll explain that in a second. And the outside is light, so it kind of covers. Our countertops here are very visually noisy. And for me, as I was talking to my friend Lisa the other day, if there's a few things, and I probably have mentioned it here before, if there's a few things on a table, I could probably figure out which is which. But when there's a whole bunch of stuff on a table or a desk or whatever, and that's if it's a plain surface, it's hard for me to tell what's there. It just looks like one giant I don't know what. Our countertops have a lot of different colors in them, the granite here. And sometimes I look at it and there's little white specks. And, and I know they're probably not that little because I can see them. And I, again, can't see very much. When I see them, I think, oh my gosh, I got, when I was washing my hands, I got soap suds all the way over there. And then I try and go and wipe it up. And of course, it's, <laughs> it's just the same, the same thing that's been there. And I try almost every night. <laughs> you think by now I'd know, right? So I love the mug. Now it is... It is a smaller mug, and I know you're laughing because I have two huge mugs. My hot tea mug is a 24-ounce mug. My iced tea mug is a 59-ounce. And this mug is, I think, around 15 ounces. So when I don't want a really big cup of tea, that's what I use. Um, but I use it each day not to drink tea out of. I use it for my tea strainer after I take it out of the tea that I'm brewing. In the morning, I use... Uh, a brand of tea called T2. That's the letter T and the number two. Pretty simple. I think they're Australian. Uh, but I love this pumping pomegranate tea that they have. It's an herbal. There's no caffeine in it. And as I've mentioned before, it really makes me feel a lot better uh, as I drink that day in and day out during the week. I don't usually drink it on the weekends. But again, thanks to Frank uh, for calling in and uh, again, just reminding everyone about Alexa and the G lady. I'm not going to chance it because I know sooner or later she's going to go off because like I said she's only a foot away from this microphone <laughs> so so a couple of things that I wanted to mention this week and I, I was going to lead with our Keystone meeting uh, but I'll get to that in a minute I, I wanted to talk about Independence Market. Independence Market is a market at the NFB headquarters in Baltimore and they sell all sorts of things that are for blind and visually impaired folks to make you stay independent. Well, last year at the NFB convention, which was virtual, I won a $100 gift card, gift certificate, I guess you would, would say, because it's, <laughs> I guess at this point you could say gift P PDF. Um, I, I won this and I, I did it <laughs> through the help of a lot of people. We had our Keystone chapter had a get together for the banquet portion of the convention. And that's usually the last night of the convention. And they have speeches and talk about different things. And they always have these door prizes. And with the virtual aspect of it, you had to hear your name, 
And you then had to, I think it was send an email. I think I sent an email and then they followed up and everything got done and they sent me the gift card. Now, I say it was help with the help of a lot of people. We left, Liz and I left Jim Antonacci's house where the event was, where our chapter was having our, our meeting, our, our get-together. It actually, we actually did have a very brief chapter meeting. Uh, we left to come home because Ziggy was here and, you know, we needed, we didn't want to, he was still, you know, very little at the time, only about six months old. Um, we didn't want him to be in the cage, crate, whatever you want to call it, for a long period of time. And so Liz and I left, and just as we walked in the door, I get a, a call from Jim saying, hey, they just called your name. Go email so you win the, the gift certificate. Then I got a call from my friend Lisa, and then I got a text from somebody else. And they all said, you got to call in, you got to email in, whatever you had to do. So I, I did, and I, I got this gift gift certificate. Well, I kept forgetting to use it. Now, I wanted to use it. I, I wouldn't say I forgot to use it at the beginning. I was waiting to use it. I They ended up sending me a catalog. I don't remember if they sent it in the mail or if I got an electronic version. I kind of think they emailed it to me. And it had all these different things in there. And most of the stuff I wasn't that interested in, but in the back of my mind, I saw, I, 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 I thought, you know, here's a bathroom scale, talking bathroom scale, which I'm like, yeah, I need that. And at some point I'll order it. Now, I wasn't quite ready with our bathroom scale that we have here. It has, I think they're two inch high numbers. And most days at that time last summer, I could still see those numbers. As time has gone on, some days I could see it, some days I couldn't. And now there are more days that I can't see it than I can. Maybe after the surgery, I'll be able to see it every day. But there are some days that I get so frustrated to see how much I weigh. And some days I don't, maybe don't want to see how much I weigh. But I finally remember it. So I guess maybe October, November, I thought, you know, I got to place that order and get that, get that bathroom scale. And I thought, you know what? I have $100 and I think the scale is 50 bucks. I have a hundred bucks, so maybe I'll get also get a talking food scale. Same thing. I have a regular food scale. It doesn't talk. The numbers are about an inch high, and there are many days now that I can't see what it says. And I don't use it for baking or any anything like that. I use it for eating. I want to know, hey, do I have enough? You know, am I making enough um, sauce for what I usually need to dip my steamed veggies in? And I know I need certain, and again, I know you don't weigh liquids, but for me, I know X number of grams of sauce is enough for what I'm having. I don't want to waste any, and I never waste any because because <laughs> if there's any left in, I find something else to dip in there and then I eat it. Um, so I left a couple days ago, I was having such trouble maybe a couple of weeks ago, actually, I was having such trouble. I'm like, I got to remember, I got to order that. And so I called up. You can order online. I don't know why. I don't, I, I don't get it. No, I'll get into that in a minute. And I got a voicemail. So I left my name and number. This was about a week ago. And I haven't heard back. It was Wednesday or Thursday of last week I called. Might have even been Tuesday or Wednesday of last week. I don't know. It was someday middle of last week. And I haven't gotten a call back. Now, I know things are difficult. 
but they don't have any online ordering component. You can email, and maybe that's what I'll try now, since I haven't heard back. But I don't understand. I mean, I I don't understand, but I do kind of get it. It is not a huge moneymaker, I'm guessing, for the NFB. But if you're going to open a business, it's not a hobby, it's a business. Treat it like a business. And while this podcast has been acting more like a hobby, I treat it like a business. You've got to treat stuff like a business. And I, and I get it. Maybe they don't have enough people to work the store. Maybe because of COVID, they've lost a few people that maybe have moved away or whatever. I get it. But you have a store. They call it Independence Market. They don't call it Independence Living. And I think Martha Stewart would probably. <laughs> Isn't that what her magazine is called? Independent Living? I don't know. Or some, um, I'm sure 8 million retirement homes are called that. So I'm just dumbfounded by the lack of response from them. Because... Here is something, if run right, it could bring in money to the organization. Instead of going and asking for a donation or something like that, they could turn a profit, sell something for $10 that you only pay $8 for. Not much of a profit, but still a profit. Maybe it would cover the person that's waiting the counter. Sell something for $10 that you only paid $5 for, even better. Whatever it is. Create your own products. Every day when I get on the scale, I think, would people buy a talking scale? Would regular people, would you, if you have sight, would you buy a talking scale? Liz said no. <laughs> she would not do it because she doesn't want anybody to hear how much she weighs. And she's lost weight, so I don't know what she's worried about. She just doesn't want to do it, though. Because I think it would be easy not super easy, it's business, nothing is super easy, to create a line of products, not KNFB Reader and sell it for some exorbitant amount of money, but I think you could create a line of products, NFB whatever, and have them manufactured. And I, I, if you asked me two years ago, I would say, yeah, have them manufactured in China. I wouldn't have anything manufactured anywhere near China. But there's plenty of other places you can have stuff manufactured. And again, maybe today it's a little more difficult for a talking scale because of all the chip shortages and whatnot and supply chain issues. But you can't tell me that you couldn't go and find the components or a scale that's already made to just change the look of it a little bit and put your own nameplate on. Why couldn't I have a line of I can't see you products? You could. And the fact that they can't even open the store or have it staffed, you don't even have it staffed. You just have to return a call. Are they getting that many calls that they can't return, you know, a message? I, I, just, I just don't get it. And um, so we'll see where it goes. And I will, I will stay on top of it because I, I, I'm just dumbfounded by it. I was talking to uh, my friend Harriet, and I asked her, I said, did you ever order anything from Independence Mark? And she said, oh, yeah, a few years ago. 
I said, how did you do it? Over the phone? She said, no, I ordered online. I said, you can't order online. And it's been that way for at least a year. And I, I just don't get, again, you know, when something isn't put back up, when you have a component, when you have a way of ordering and then it, they take it down and they don't put it back up, there's a reason. They didn't get a lot of sales. It cost too much money to keep it going. Whatever. Partner with someone. Partner with a company that will sell the stuff for you where you get a percentage, like an affiliate marketing scheme where, you know, maybe you get 10% depending on what the items are. It depends what you could do. Amazon does. Amazon Central. Associate Central. You know, anybody in the Amazon Associates program knows that you can make anywhere from 1% to 10%, depending on the item. Luxury beauty is 10%. Most items are around 3%. Some are another good chunk of them are in the 4 or 4.5% uh, range. You know, do something like that. And I just, I just don't understand that uh, it's so difficult to order in this day and age. You know, I think of ordering something late at night. So that's why I kept, I, I would remember to call at two in the morning. I never thought, you know, to just call and leave a message. But again, I, I, clearly that, that wouldn't have helped. That wouldn't have helped. So I'm just, uh, I'm, I'm a little confused by, you know, what they, what they want to do there. And um, a little disappointed, to be honest, because I, as, as I've mentioned here often, I do a lot to try and help the organization sometime, you know, at the very lower level, at the chapter level, sometimes at the state level, like with White Canes Connect, the other podcast that I do with co-host Lisa Bryant. We're both part of the Keystone chapter. Lisa is the second vice president and I am the treasurer. So speaking of the Keystone chapter, and I'll keep you up to date on the independence market. Speaking of the Keystone chapter, we had a meeting on Saturday and our meeting was a hybrid meeting. Um, we had been back doing hybrid meetings since uh, September or October of last year. But in February, because of the spike of cases of COVID, we, we just met virtually, which is okay because you get a lot of folks to come in that maybe wouldn't show up to the meeting because it makes it easy. They could roll out of bed and log on on their phone, on their computer, whatever, call in and it's always nice to see an, a good showing. You know, usually we have, uh, with a virtual meeting, we have around 25 or so people, maybe a little more. This past weekend, our meeting had, I think, 20 people online and then another five people at the Penn Museum. The reason I'm bringing this all up is because the weather was crappy on Saturday here in Philadelphia. And again, our meetings are at the Penn Museum, which I absolutely love the Penn Museum and nothing against the Penn Museum, but it's not easy for a lot of people to get to. I've been going with Liz because Liz, and I shouldn't say going with Liz, Liz, <laughs> Liz usually drops, drops and runs like we used to say we would do at birthday parties when the kids were little. It's a drop and run. We're like, yes. Um, so Liz usually drops and runs. Now, this past weekend, we also took Harriet, who is the chapter president. And I've been going in with Liz because the train schedule has been horrible since 
and maybe this isn't COVID related, maybe this is more of a, it was the same way before, but when we used to meet in Center City, Philadelphia, there wasn't a time constraint on, I could show up to the meeting place an hour before the meeting and still get in. Well, now I can't because the Penn Museum doesn't open till 10. Our meeting starts at 10.15. Usually people start showing up at like quarter to 10. So I think the train would leave me off at, I want to say like 10 of 9, 9 o'clock, something like that. So I don't know what I would do for all that time. There are things that are fairly close by, but not super close. It wasn't like when our meetings were in Center City at 15th and Walnut. I know there, I knew that there was a Starbucks at 16th and Walnut, so I would walk from the train station, walk to the Starbucks a few blocks away from the train. And if you're familiar with Center City, Philadelphia, I would come above ground, usually at the clothespin, which is at 15th and Market. So it's only a couple of blocks to walk over to 16th and Walnut. Um, and there were ways that I could have gone where I could probably stay underground for a little bit longer. But I like to walk above the ground unless the weather was really crappy. And like I said this last weekend, it was crappy. So Liz took me in, and again, we picked up Harriet. Harriet had had surgery, and was there was no way she was going to be able to take any kind of public transit. So she went in with us, and then and then Harriet and I took an Uber home, which I'll get to that later on. Um, but the weather was bad. It was raining. It was warm in the morning, in the 40s. But it was one of those days where temperatures were going to crash and the rain was going to turn to snow quickly. And they called it a flash, a flash freeze. Now, when they said flash freeze, that reminded me of Day After Tomorrow, if you ever saw, if you ever saw that movie. <laughs> so uh, uh, it wasn't quite that bad when it did turn to snow. Uh, but that kept a lot of people away. A lot of people said they were going to go, and then they bailed because they the weather was bad. And in this area, uh, there's something called CCT, which is the transport for uh, disabled folks. So if you're taking CCT, they drop you right at the door. So if if you're doing that and you, you don't want to come out, I mean, you're, you're not really going to be out in the elements uh, for long, just from the time you walk off of the bus into the into the museum. And again, the museum is great. And if you use Ira, you can, um, or you, you don't even have to pay because Penn Museum is on the campus of the University of Pennsylvania and part of the University of Pennsylvania, so the call doesn't cost anything. So try that. I, I talked about that in another episode, and I'll, I'll put a link in the show notes uh, for that episode because that was, that was also nice to walk around with um, someone to talk to me where I didn't have to, <laughs> I didn't have to say, are we done looking at this yet? Or what does that say? I just basically, you know, pointed my phone around and, um, it was on my terms. So, so if you took CCT, you're getting right to the door. Now, if you're taking public transport, unless you're taking in the Philadelphia area, the regional rails, which come in from the suburbs, you have to get off at 30th and market and, the Penn Museum is at 32nd and South, right across the street from Franklin Field, if you're familiar with that section of Philadelphia called University City. So I get it. That's a, you know, probably three or four block walk in the rain and then later in the snow. I get it why you wouldn't want to come. I completely understand. Uh, but we did have five folks there. 
And it was nice because when people would come, you know, we're not supposed to really go into the museum unless we pay, but some people would get dropped at the front door. And I usually come in on the side door. So when somebody would get dropped at the front door, I would try and go and meet them to help them navigate their way through. And because there is one gallery that you go through that it's just not a straight a straight walk. You have to, you know, walk around a bunch of things. And in fact, walking out with Lisa, I put my shoulder into a display case and I thought, oh my God, what if I knocked that over? That would be terrible. I don't know what was in it. I didn't stop to look. Uh, but it's just just awesome to walk through that museum and they have a big sphinx uh at the entryway and um again i didn't i didn't get up close to see it but i knew it was there when i was walking a couple of people to the door uh and actually walking out uh myself so just a very cool place to meet but it was it's nice to have that hybrid where again where folks who wouldn't necessarily come because of distance or because they weren't feeling 100%, that they could still go to the meeting. And I hope that as time goes on, we are able to continue with that hybrid meeting. Again, because more people show. And that's the name of the game. I, I've been to meetings, and again, we had five people at the meeting, five members. There were two other people there. Um, one was uh, Stacy's daughter, uh, who was five, and one was... Uh, an aid. And so seven in attendance total, but again, they weren't part of the meeting. So we're trying to find, and I called today, trying to find something that would be more in center city where it's closer to more public transport lines, not just the train and maybe buses, but also the trolley and the subway and whatnot. You know, at 15th and Walnut, you could take anything there. Trolley, subway, uh, something called the Market Frankfurt Line, uh, which is, I guess it's, I mean, it's kind of like a trolley car, train, subway. I, I don't know. I don't know exactly. I guess it's like a subway. It's an elevated in some portions. It's a subway in others. Um, it's it's just weird. And it's, um, it's, it's very cool taking that. It's cool because... It goes down Market Street in West Philadelphia. And my dad had a store right by uh, one of the stops. And so, you know, you could look down as we're, as we're passing, or they say the name of the street. And, and his, his store was at 52nd and Market. And there's a stop, like I said, at 52nd. And to think back, that was his first store. He took over. It was my aunt and uncle's, and my uncle died. And he helped my aunt run it wasn't his first store. It was technically a second. He had opened another one before he actually owned this one. He was helping run this one before he opened his own, uh, but then bought this one from my aunt. And uh, and they were supermarkets. And back in the day, you think of a supermarket today, you think those huge stores like Wegmans that are 100,000 square feet or um, Acme or Giant, which are probably... 75,000 square feet or so. Um, these stores were, I think the one on Market Street was maybe 15,000 square feet. Uh, most of my dad's stores were in the, in that ballpark, uh, 20,000 square feet average probably. He had a couple towards the end that were on the larger side. Uh, they were in Delaware. 
you know, he had a 60,000 square footer and he had a 55,000 square footer, uh, both down in Delaware. So again, taking when, if the meeting was at more of a central place, it makes it easier. And there, to boot, there are people that live in Philadelphia that wouldn't have to take any kind of public transport, depending on where we actually had the meeting. One of the places we're considering is very close to Chinatown, and it's close to Reading Terminal Market, which I really hope we can get in there because it'd be awesome because afterwards we could go in and get lunch at Reading Terminal Market. The rail station is very close. So everything would be very cool to be in town. And again, much easier for more people to get to in person. And that, of course, is the name of the game is to get people to show up because when they show up, they want to do stuff. They want to help out and they want to be involved. And it just makes for a better organization and more things get done. So it was a, it was a great meeting. And then afterwards, I had done something that I had never tried. And I'll tell you what, we took the Uber home, but I'll, I'll tell you, um, Jane had an event this week and somebody was having trouble doing something on Uber. And I, I'm not going to lie, I was a little nervous when I said to Harriet, I said, you know, I was planning on taking an Uber home. And I said, I guess we could share it. I said, I've never done it before. I've never shared a ride. I don't know how that works, but, you know, I'm willing to give it a go. And like everything else, you have to be willing to try it because if you don't try it, you'll never know if it's easy, if it's hard. I didn't know if we were going to end up in Harriet's house and then my house or Albuquerque because we took a wrong turn turn somewhere. Um, so I thought, okay, the other folks were ordering their rides and one of them was taking, I think, CCT. And so I said, well, let me order. Let's see how easy it is. And of course, when I went into the app, it tells me that the pickup location was Penn Museum, which of course it was. So that was cool. And it said I was going home, which was great because that's automatically in, I guess. But I wanted to add a stop in the middle and dragging my finger around the screen and listening to what it says. And it said, I don't know what it said, add or something like that. It didn't say add stop. It just said add. So I said, well, let me hit that. I hit that. It then added a stop after my house. <laughs> and I wanted to go before my house because that would be the right way coming from the museum, then to Harriet's house, then to my house would be more of a straight line than going to my house and then going back to Harriet's house. It just didn't make sense to do that. So I quickly figured it out. I punched in Harriet's address where it said my house address. And then I just punched in because my home is saved. Just punched that in and bing, bang, boom, I was done. It was that easy. And uh, Jane was complaining about a coworker <laughs> this week because she didn't know how to do something in Uber. And she said, I'm pretty sure my, my dad, who is blind and over 50, could do this. <laughs> And I said, I don't know which part is more offensive, the fact that I'm blind or over 50. <laughs> so uh, I just think I just think that's funny that, uh, you know, it was easy. And again, you just have to try stuff. And as I've said before, sometimes we have different ways of doing things. It doesn't mean that it's the right way or the wrong way. We get to the final result just like a sighted person would just have to figure it out. It's not a better way or a worse way. It's just a different way. And that's how things are, as I've mentioned time and time again, 
on the way blind folks do stuff. Now, I wanted to also talk about raffle tickets. Now, we have these raffle tickets, and if you would like them, I will put a link in the show notes that you can email me. We have to do it a little differently, so I'd like to try and sell some. The way it works, and it's... (laughs) I always say when I sell these tickets, I always feel like I'm running numbers. (laughs) But evidently it's legal, or so I've been told. (laughs) So there are, the Pennsylvania Lottery has drawings. They have two a day on the, they call them pick three now. It used to be called the daily number. But now they have five different daily numbers. Is that right? They have a two-digit, a three-digit, a four-digit, and a five-digit. Four daily numbers. So I guess they can't call it, because they're all daily numbers, right? So if you buy a raffle ticket, and let's say the number is 123, if 123 comes out via the Pennsylvania Lottery's nighttime drawing, you win 50 bucks. If it's Sunday through Friday. On Saturday, if your number comes out, you win 100 bucks. And the cool thing is, you don't have to do anything. When you fill out the information on the tickets. They enter it in on a computer, so as soon as the number comes out, they know that you've won, and they will send you a check. And it's done, this is not a Keystone thing, this is an NFB of Pennsylvania thing. So it's very cool. I've won, I don't know how many times I've played. Uh, I've won at least twice, maybe three times. And the other cool thing is, let's say you have 123 and it comes out on April 2nd, and then again on April 22nd, you win both times. And then there'll be an investigation on what you did to make that number come out. (laughs) So if you want to buy tickets, they are $5 each. I will pay the difference in that PayPal takes away. But please notify me. We will only mail you your stub. I'll have to get your name and address so that we can fill them out and send them in. And again, you can just email me at I can't see you podcast at gmail.com. Let me know that you want them. I'll give you a link to send me the money via PayPal, and we'll go from there. Unfortunately, because my PayPal account is a business account, obviously, like I said, we're going to lose some money, uh, but I will cover those th- that cost. I think for each five, for one $5 ticket, I think, I think it's 66 cents. It's three and a half percent plus a 30 cent, I'm sorry, a 49 cent transaction fee. It used to be 30 cents, but that's changed. So again, I can't see you podcast at gmail.com. Put raffle ticket in the subject line and we can go from there if you want to buy something. Uh, I have to have your money by the 27th of March because I have to get it to the NFB of Pennsylvania treasurer by the 31st for the number to count for all of the drawings because we don't want you to miss a drawing because you could win multiple times. (laughs) So uh, again, reach out if you want to do that. You can also reach out if you have any questions, comments, show ideas, anything like that. Again, I can see you podcast at gmail.com and I would appreciate any kind of anything you've got, comments. And again, please rate and review and let your friends know if this is something you think they would like. I really would appreciate that. You can also reach out, like Frank did, via voicemail. You have up to three minutes. Phone number is 646-926-6350. Please leave your name and your town and whatever your question, comment, 
show idea, anything you want to let me know. And again, I will most likely use it on an upcoming episode, unless the audio quality is really poor and I can't clean it up. But I do like having those. And again, thanks to Frank for calling in this week with that great tip. That was that was awesome. And I'm going to have to try that because I'd love to group everything like that. Again, the number is 646-926-6350. And again, I do appreciate listening to episode 171 of the I Can't See You podcast. You can get the show notes at icantseeyou.com slash 171. Remember, I Can't See You sounds like a whole sentence, but it's only seven characters long. I-C-A-N-T-C-U.com slash 171. Thank you so much for listening. Take care, be safe, and I'll talk to you next week. Thank you for listening to the I Can't See You podcast with David. Please rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen. And don't forget to share the podcast with your friends.